Sada Bowman. Today, my guest is Chef Terrell McIntosh, a.k.a. Chef T. And many of you already know him. This is a reunion of sorts. This marks the first update episode we've ever had on Have You Eaten Yet? So that being said, if you have not listened to Chef T's original episode, you might want to go do that. It was raw, inspiring, and extremely open and honest. It aired back in November 2021. All right, so back to the present. Chef Mm -hmm. T joins us from London, where currently he's the chef and owner of Caribbean restaurant Sugarcane. They recently celebrated their one-year anniversary. Reaching that milestone was not easy. Chef T experienced many highs and lows on his path to get here. We'll talk about all of that. Plus, we'll be discussing the three pillars of happiness, according to Arthur C. Brooks, for his 100th column for The Atlantic. He explains his biggest happiness lessons, which transcend circumstance and time. So I'll start by asking, as we always do, Chef T, have you eaten yet? But this is specifically so far in 2022. What meal do you have a really great memory about? Uh, well, it's a new one. So previously I spoke about um, tuna and pasta because that was the first dish that I remember cooking and, and and not even that, it's actually the strongest memory I have of my mum, of, of my late mum. But now, you know, so much has happened and I went to Jamaica for a few weeks. Um, I'll be honest, actually, I had a breakdown, okay, which was, I think everyone saw it <laughs> was coming before me. So I took a break and I went to Jamaica, which I felt for me was important for business reasons to get tastes and experience you know what my restaurant and business stands for but also it's where I originate from you know that's it it had a personal reason you know to go back to the motherland and 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 for me I wanted to connect in a way that felt right for me towards my mum and I came back and I've just been inspired so we got a new menu and one of my like most creative dishes that's come from it is um so it's uh called it's nothing fancy it's um uh jerk sea bass on papillot but what we do is we get some steamed the uh, spinach okra scotch bonnet shavings of coconut uh what else a bit of roasted pepper smashed garlic we fold it all in a foil bag a bit of olive oil and then we steam it and grill it for about 20 minutes or so. And it's been one of our best-selling dishes. And for me, it's just, it's a very different style to what we normally do. But it represents where I'm at now. You know, before, my, you know, I've had loads and loads of commentary, which I've gotten better at not listening to. I think that's a big thing that you will hear between the previous interview and this. You know, I took a lot of people's word as gospel. But now I don't feel like that because I feel like, the menu has had so many changes. It's more, it reflects where I'm at presently. And that dish is one of the first ones I've got on the menu. I'm very nervous, you know, because if it ain't broke, why fix it? But the feedback's been so positive. So for me, it's also, it, it, it's, it's more than just a dish because it marks the confidence of me not being a cook. It's a, I, I now consider myself a chef, you know? 
And it's so simple, it still has the values of what this place represents. But there was this big thing, I was like, is it change or is it evolution? And I'm now comfortable and happy enough to say that it is change, you know? And I'm really, really happy with it. Plus it is blooming amazing, if I'm allowed to say that. So, yeah. And to further go on that energy, right before we started recording, you said, you're not in London, let me show you. And you held up these papers. Tell oh, yeah. everyone, d- let's describe what happened in the last week. Well, what hasn't happened in the last week? So um, quite a lot's happened uh, this year. And um, I'm sure we'll speak about that in a bit. But basically, I grew up, or the tail end of my childhood was in care. And statistically, care leavers do not do well in this country. I'm not sure about America or elsewhere, but we don't get degrees. We don't get GCSEs or education or, you know, I'm not sure what the translation is, but we don't do well. We don't end up in successful careers, you know. And uh, a very famous artist called Lem Sizé found out about me because I was featured in The Guardian which is a national newspaper. Um, we'll come on to that bit in a second. But he wanted to do something monumental, which is to say, actually, here are 50 care leavers in this country who are a success story, who have done something with their lives, who have broken the narrative, regardless of their race or their background. And um, I was chosen. I've never met anybody else like that. Um, I spoke to other care leavers who were directors of the NHS, who done... 101 different things where it's always it's always people coming to me and asking me about my story but for the first time ever I was in a position where I I was asking people and and being inspired by them which I don't want that to come across as conceited because everybody's achievement is 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 invaluable and and you know successful by their own standards for themselves but for me to, to to see and be surrounded by those people who I was on the par with me. I just felt like it's not just me. Like, finally, you know, it is possible. On the sad side, yeah, I wish there was more of us. But, you know, that that is proof. And um, we also, there's another section where we speak about the effect of social services and, and, and our care system. And do you mind if I share what I said? Please do. Yeah. I say about social services, it destroys you as a person. The amount of anxiety you develop from always expecting something wrong to go in your life, says Terrell McIntosh, who became homeless after two local authorities in South London failed to properly care for him. McIntosh managed to make it to university four times and now runs a Caribbean restaurant, Sugarcane in London, in Wandsworth. But he remains scared by his experiences. You just get used to battling with everybody all the time. You always have your guards up and it's really horrible. Sorry, that's made me a bit emotional. But, you know, when you're 15, 16, or just young, and and you just get used to always having to battle with someone or always something going wrong. And I think even if we refer to our first meeting, I spoke very negatively, but honestly about something's always going wrong. It, it, It just, whether you're naturally an anxious person it can also be amplified, you know, by external environments and, and, and it can mar something beautiful, you know. And at the time when we spoke, that is a perfect example of it because I could not see the joy and, be- and, the, and the beauty of what I've created because 
my guard is always up. What's going to go wrong next? You know, I, I, 10 years down the line, I still couldn't get out of those self-destructive, self-deprecating behaviors. And look how long that's taken me. I'm, I'm, I'm only now at the beginning of this, this shift where actually I'm, I'm learning to unlearn those things. And this is why this was so important for me, because whether it's, it's about care or not, this is my narrative. And, and I just want people to understand that. So I'm finally proud. I'm proud of what I've done. You know? Oh, I'm so glad that you got to that point. Well, it's not, it's, it's not linear. And I think that's the other thing I wanted to say is that not in a horrible way, when people talk or, or say things like that, I, I take it very literally as gospel as a point, but it's not. What works today will not work tomorrow or next week. It's, it's continual evolving. It's continual changing. You've just got to be aware and self-reflective of that. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because you change as a person. And I don't even know if you've noticed my goals at the back. I've changed yes. them now because I've changed as a person. Because actually I got to the point where I finally am happy. So now, as I said, as I'm evolving, these are the new ones. And these are the ones I'm working on. And my life important one is try to enjoy it more you know trust myself and that's what i mean it's about it, it it's not just a point it's a journey you know all all the way until the end and that's for any chef for 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 anybody in any profession and it, it yeah see it's, it's like talking to someone different right <laughs> well i love the person i talked to the first time um and I love you here. And every day as humans, we're changing all the time. And happiness is something that we choose to see and do. And we're not always happy every single minute of every day. But I love your journey. Thank you. Well, so like you said, so much has happened since we last <laughs> talked. So oh, gosh. we'll kind of start off with last winter. Uh, a few months after our interview, someone broke into your restaurant and mm -hmm. the damage from that break-in was expensive. And in that moment, you weren't sure how to move forward. But yeah. the community around you stepped up. They created an online fundraising campaign and supported you in a big way. And this allowed you to reopen. And during that time, you also received a ton of press and major publications in London, and you were on BBC Radio. And Go for on. me, knowing you and your story, of course, I felt terrible for what you were going through. But seeing the community pouring their hearts and money into repairing your restaurant did not surprise me. And seeing all the press you received did not surprise me. And here's why. I believe that the universe balances us whenever it possibly can during tough times. Maybe you experience loss, but growth happens in another part of your life. And it could be very small growth that if you're not tapped in spiritually, you might even miss the growth or the balance. But you... And I say this as someone who has only met you virtually, never in person, but to me, it appears that you are connected, you have a strong presence, and so far, your journey, at least from the outside, looks pretty balanced. So I'd love for you to go back to the days and weeks following the break-in. What yeah. was life like? And did you feel the balance of tragedy, 
and fortune. Yeah, of course. Um, there's so much to unpick there, but I'll start where I can. I think um, the one thing I want to start off by saying is I remember when I spoke to you in the beginning and, and there was a, the, the general consensus that I recall was not necessarily negativity, but it was just me doing it by myself. It was a lot of, I'm tired. Yeah, that was a, the consensus that I felt I was projecting. Um, but to start, the fifth notes version was, um, we were getting ready, we did Christmas, which was really bad for us financially, and November. And we closed, and we reopened in January, and you, you know, you just get ready. Where my head was at was that, just keep going. And, and truthfully, either I would have mentally have broken down or from doing 20-something hour days and, 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 and this wouldn't have, wouldn't have survived or um, we financially would have run out of money because the business was so dependent on me doing everything. Um, but we came in one morning and someone... Um, in fact, I will show you the video because I would like to actually want some video. Uh, someone had broken in through... So this is our front door here. You uh -huh. see? And someone had broken into the glass, like that big. And they had pulled through that. And not only did they take money from us, uh, break our till, the malicious element was they destroyed the kitchen as well. Now, that's hard enough for anyone to deal with. The police force, they weren't amazing, but they weren't great. Um, and I managed to repair all of that. You know, it cost me a chunk of money. No, not money, shy. It cost about 15 grams for the you know, to repair everything, but that took all of our reserve. And but I still did it, you know. And then it was a Friday night, and we we're getting ready for service. And from where they forced entry, one of the shutters broke. And it was like I was ready to give up, but I kept on going. And then finally, something else happened, and I snapped. And I just that night I broke down and cried. I, I can't do this anymore. I, again, no man is an island. Um, and I messaged my neighbors and they lived right next door to me and they came down and gave me the massive hug and I just cried my eyes out. And then they was like, we're going to help you. We're going to get you those shutters. I was like, and I was like, I don't want your help. It's fine. You know, it's like, no, we're going to do it. And they set up a GoFundMe page. And I think within 24 hours, we raised a grand. I think that the first, I think the first target was 500 pounds. And then we blew that and went to a grand in just 24 hours. And I spoke to them very candidly and I said, look, this is, and it took a lot for me to, to, to accept this help. But I just said to them, look, because my shop here is triple fronted, so if you look around, again, you'll see it's got windows that go freeway, freeway around the store. One set of shutters is, is around two to three grand. So we need at least seven to 11 grand, depending on where you're going to go, you know, to get them fitted. I just don't have that kind of cash right now, you know. Um, so they set up a GoFundMe and, and we were all honest with everybody. I just said, this is how much it's going to cost. Let's see what we can do. But what I want you to hear is none of this energy came from me. You know, these are from my neighbours. And then we were on the Vanessa Phelps show or BBC Radio. That wasn't from me. That was a neighbour who had been to my vegan branch who wanted to support me. Then uh, another neighbour reached out to me and got me on BBC News. Again, someone who, who'd been here and I'd served and I didn't know that. They'd been in multiple times. Then um, 
some uh, then we were on Channel Five again, not from me, from somebody else. Then we were on uh, in the Independent, and then my neighbours they wrote to Jay Rayner, who is a internationally recognised food critic. You know Jay Rayner, of course. Okay, so he's he's big in the world, um, particularly over here. And I wrote to him, and I didn't get a response, but they didn't. And somehow again, the universe he responded to them and I just sent him a thank you message and all I just said to him was that thank you for putting me in your news he does a review and he does a news bites column and he put me in the bottom and I said even though I I didn't want a review that's not what I was asking for I would just say thank you because you put me in a public platform to to help me that that's more than I asked for and and all I'm offering you and saying to you is you're entitled to a meal whenever you want here as a way of my saying thank you because you don't know how much you're helping me. Two days later, he turns up at my door. And, you know, I was like, ah! You know, this is someone who I've grown up watching, you know, on MasterChef and cooking programs, shut down other chefs and tell them that their food is rubbish. And, you know, one of my idols is standing literally at my front door. And he was here. Um, so he came, he sat down at what was table 10, Half a jerk chicken, I can tell you, so the half jerk chicken, jerk rice, oxtail, uh, barbecue ribs, rice and peas, roti and gravy, all the cakes, plus desserts, and a chunk of wine and beer. And that night as well was the first night I couldn't help in the kitchen because obviously I had to be on the floor as well. So I really had to put my trust, not that I didn't, don't trust my chest, but chefs, but this is down to you now. This isn't my work. This is you. You're good. Whatever happens, it's going to come from you, you know. And I said, just whatever you do. Obviously, I gave him my eye, but I was like, make sure it's the best it looks, you know. And, you know, to watch. Obviously, I was still working and stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm listening and hearing the feedback and stuff. You know, you're keeping your ear out. And they, they devoured every single piece of, of milk or food that we serve. And I was like, the fact that we're able to do that. And I watched you actually, you know, absolutely annihilate people. It's like, bloody hell. Um, so he forewarned us that we're going to be publicized, you know, in the Guardian for this. And I was like, ooh, okay. And I'm a little bit of a hermit. You know, I'm always here. And I don't really follow much of what goes on in life. But he did warn me, he said, when you go out there, you're going to have, we call it the Jay, the Jay Rayner effect. You're going to be very busy for a long time. So just be prepared. So we wasn't prepared. And also what I wasn't aware of um because of the pandemic if your restaurant isn't of a good standard rather than cripple it he won't say anything so he only puts things out there that he likes or feel need help and he did that for me and from that time again it's only now i can kind of reflect on this you know i started looking at i think i had two weeks notice before um the review went out and i couldn't say anything only a few people knew um, and I read all his previous reviews. I was like, oh my God, he's savage. Like, even if he's nice about someone, he's savage. But with Bayern One, maybe it's my perception, but it's very different. You know, he has a style of writing. It's very, it's almost Charles Dickens, uh, Charles Dickinson-ish. You know, he, he speaks about this and this, and then he gets to the food. But with me, it was about me straight away from the start. And it wasn't just about me, it was about the food. So, you know, I did feel... There was a reason, I, I, I did feel 
perhaps I'm being conceited, but there was a bit of love put behind it and, and he knew what he was doing. And, you know, he says, this is what I talk about, neighborhood restaurants, you know. And even at that point, because I was in it, I couldn't see what was going on. You know, it was just a case of we went from having 10 bookings to having 700 bookings in the space of a month. And it just, yeah, it just went crazy. And then from that, it's just been nonstop. Um, there's a book deal coming out now as well. I'm not sure if I told you that. There's Did you a book- say book deal? Yeah. Uh-huh. Hello. Yes. Tell me uh-huh. about this. Congratulations. Hello. What is this? This is a lot of abundance. There's a book deal. Uh, there was talk of a TV show, which is not going to happen. Um, but that's pretty much it. And I think things are slowed down now. But being positive about it first, all of that, all of that, because I, I, I'd given up. I didn't put up any of those videos. Other people, the community rallied around me or my business, whichever you decide to look at it for me. And a few people have said this, like, do you think anyone else would have that response or can do what you've done? And I was like, eh, really? Like, but when I think about it, no, you know, people gave their hard-earned money. We raised, I think it was over uh, £11,500 in 10 days to save this place, you know. Um, and out of 52 restaurants a year, we're, we're one of them that now this country knows about. People come from America. People come from Sweden, uh, Isle of Man, New Jersey, Liverpool, Germany, like, to come to this place, you know. So all of that everything happens for a reason and i don't i I see that breaking as it was meant to be you know um so yeah that's that part um what also has happened is i finally well the negative side is it was a bit more than we could manage and this is what i think perhaps might now would make a lot more sense if you listen to the last post now you are in the game longer than me and, and so many other chefs have been you know pre-pandemic i only o- opened during the pandemic so for me that was my normality and i i was used to just doing deliveries or tables of two or six you know so to come out of it i think that's partly also why i personally struggled because my normality was was, was disappearing if that makes sense and then to suddenly get overwhelmed, it's like, you know, I don't want to be a takeaway when I wanted to be as a restaurant, but my experience in that had been very, very minimal. And then when I did get that opportunity, we weren't having, you know, we're, we're a 50 seat restaurant at a push. We were doing over 100 people a night in three hours with just two chefs and three on the floor. You know, so it wasn't just a case of, okay, we're back to normality. You're, you're going to do it and, and, and you're going to do it hard. So it was a blessing, but it was also a curse because the same thing happened in a positive way that I burnt out. And I tried, you know, I got new staff. I, I tried to repair things where possible, but the cars fell where they may. And, and sadly, once again, the burnout thing happened, you know. What, just to circle back as a part of everything, all at once, when did Jay Rayner, you're an influx of a bunch of, you know, people all of a sudden, you're a full on restaurant with service and you are pushing hard. 
where then did book deal, TV possibilities, when did all that come? Did that come at you all at the same time as well? Yeah. Yeah. And again, the mistake was it was just one person dealing with it. Now, I wasn't ignorant. I did try to prepare my staff as best as possible. Um, And I'm not going to overlabor the point because to me it's about being positive now and moving on. But I did try. It didn't work, but I've learned from it. And sadly, what happened is what I did, my, my, my best efforts or preparations didn't work out. And sadly, it did have a domino effect. And, and that led me to have another breakdown because I couldn't manage it. You know, we were, as I said, all of those things, the break-in, the publicity, then Jay Rayner. Then I was also running for training for a marathon. Then I was trying to reopen another branch. And yeah, it just, it just got to the point where I could, I, I allowed it. I didn't switch off, okay? And, you know, I think I spoke a little bit before about how a restaurant works. What people don't recognize is, yeah, you might do your last orders at 10. After that, we're cleaning. Then the deliveries come in late at night. Then the prep chef comes in and then and so on and so forth. And then, you know, my phone's always on, the shop's always on divert to my phone. So I never had a break for a solid four and a half months. And then anything that goes wrong, I have to deal with it and, and actually, what should have been such a blessing, and it still was, it became a curse because I, I just I just couldn't keep up. And actually, for me, what happened was every time my phone rang, it was something negative. The fridges is broken. Okay, the delivery is late. Okay, I'm sick. Okay. And, and literally, for the first time in my life, like, I don't stop and I don't break down. I'm a soldier. I, I, I've, I've only been in my life, it's only been a point in my life once where I felt I couldn't manage. And when I, when I felt that coming, I stopped. You know, I was trying to teach, piano lesson, blah, blah, blah. I gave up those things and I, and I pulled it back. This time around was the first time when, no, 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 I went fully over the edge. And, you know, I was at home crying my eyes out. I couldn't open the front door. I, I literally had my phone off airplane mode or switched down because I couldn't, anything associated with this place, it just, it, for me, it just was negativity. You know, and this is where I say, you know, going back to the point of having help or just things in place, you know what I mean? But you learn from it. And I was going to give up because I thought I just couldn't do it anymore. But I came back, I put things in place and I've just learned it takes time. It takes a huge amount of time. And then I think I went, well, that's why I also went the way to Jamaica. You know, I came back and, 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 you know, things, the fresh eyes and stuff. But I left my staff alone and actually they managed to do it by myself without me. I was like, okay, so that's step number one. I've changed the menu. That's step number two. We now open later. That's step number three. It doesn't all happen at once. And I think, you know, anyone would agree that what happened, what I've achieved in the space of two years has been quite quick for anybody, by anybody's standards. And, you know, people say it to me all the time that, you know, there are that... There are those that are jealous, but, you know, there's chefs that have been out there for 30, 50 years who haven't done what I've done. Not, not only have I opened one restaurant, I, I opened two. I, I did it with three grand during a pandemic, and, I, and I'm still standing. Then we, we've got, what, one out of 52 reviews by, you know, <laughs> one of the most renowned or revered food, food critics in the country. Then, you know, I did it all by myself, you know. That's a lot, you know. People dream of the things that I have, 
And actually, what I need to start doing is being miserable about it and try to enjoy it more. And, that, and that's my stance. And actually, you know, we do get miserable customers. I think what I learned is through that review, we, we, we attracted everybody. And I mean everybody. And, and there's a certain kind of clientele that actually I don't want here. Because we are a restaurant, yes? And, you know, that's the nature of how we pay our pounds, shillings and pence. But I've not, I don't call it a restaurant. I never have. I've always called it my home. Or I call it a story. You know, because we've got the 16-year-olds here who, you're, who are training. Or we have care leavers here who are helping or whatever. Or, you know, you're coming here and spending your hard-earned money to, to help pay somebody else's bills. That's why you come here. You don't come here and expect a Michelin star service. These, these young guys are going to make mistakes, and we've had a lot of that. And actually, it's only now that I've stopped listening to those grumbles, because if you don't like it, go elsewhere. You know? and, and, and actually, it's not me being cheeky. I think a lot of business owners are afraid to say that or afraid. You know, the customer's always like, well, actually, no, you're not. You know, we put up with some really horrendous customers and actually now I'm at a point where again for my own mental well-being and, and for for the protection of my staff I, I, I wouldn't put them or myself through it anymore but again if I never went through this process and so early on in the journey then you know that's why I'm grateful that it's, it, it's all happened when it's supposed to and, and, and happened so early on in the game because we're not even two years old yet that that is literally next week you know i'm now at a place where i am going to enjoy it and no i'm not perfect at it yes i am still making mistakes but you know what rather than crucify myself it's about how do i manage it make the mistake fine make it again did i get did i did i solve it faster than last time yes like one of our fridges broke the other day it's an issue but rather than stress about it i knew what to do it did it took me two days whereas before it would have taken a month i've gotten quicker and I'm going to keep getting quicker. And I think the moment when you hit rock bottom or when things really get, you know, to the pits, or you, that's when you're about to turn that corner. And I feel like for me, that's where I am now. I had to go through all of that because I understand a lot more about bookkeeping, a lot more about my customers, a lot more about what I want from my staff. I've been a lot sterner with them as well. Because also... If you're not doing your job, I'm having to do it. You're stopping me doing what I need to do. It had, everything has a knock-on effect, you know. So a lot of progression in six months, eh? Absolutely. Well, you've you've talked about it. You've mentioned it a little. But also recently on Instagram, you were really open and honest about being close to giving up on life. Thoughts yes. of suicide affected you back in May. You ended up closing your restaurant for three weeks to deal with that. Yeah. First, I want to thank you for openly talking about this. As far as this show, you're not the first person to talk about this here on this podcast. And I say that because these are thoughts that are real and are common. And I believe that the more we openly talk about this issue, the more we can end the stigma that still surrounds it sometimes. So it may be hard to put into words, but if you could try, I think it would be helpful for other people listening now to better understand these thoughts in the days and weeks leading up to the moment that you were considering giving up. What were you going through, which you kind of already 
discussed a little bit and touched on, but more precisely, what thoughts were going through your mind? Sorry, I'm trying not to get emotional, but I will be emotional. But um, I think, uh, remember what I said about, well, have you ever heard of, uh, is it Pavlo's theory of conditioning? So you yes. ring a bell, the dog's out late, because every time it hears the bell, it presumes it's going to get food. It's the same with here. And as I said, my phone, anytime this happens, I, it got to a point where it was constant negativity. And that was one trigger. And hence why I became less and less and less contactable. And the suicide element thing, like, do you know what? For me, my, this are so many layers, but I will try to be as succinct as possible. Within the black community, you don't talk about your issue, okay? I don't know. I remember being a child, and there's this, there's very, there's this very famous poster. what you come here, what you see here, what you something here, let it stay here. Yeah? And, and that's what we're taught in the black community, never to express your emotions, you know what I mean? And, and even being as the owner of this place, people expect me to be on the forum all the time. I think my issue is, is that I've joined restaurants later on in the game where I never saw the beginning, so I, I saw the manager's at the end or when it was easy for them. Yeah. And, and I never saw their struggle. Okay. Particularly adding the pandemic on top of it. But, you know, there were loads of things that I was weak at in terms of managing my staff and, and just managing this place and, and taking everything on board, which I've now not learned not to do because at the end of the day, it's my restaurant, not yours. If you don't like it, go quick elsewhere, you know? And that doesn't, that's not me being cocky. That's me being, you don't value the hard work of what we do. And I need to stop taking it personally because it's not a slight on me. And actually, for every one negative complaint that I get, I get thousands more that are rallying around me and fighting my corner, you know? There's actually something else I'd like to speak about, you know, about not just uh, the crowdfunding, but there's been other elements there. There are people who are, who are giving me their time to help me survive. And... When I was going through those loan moments, which are frequent, I go through them all the time, you know, before, before I had a restaurant. I suffered from depression. I suffered from anxiety, which is why I spoke about that caregiver's report. You know, some of it's nature and some of it's nurture, but I don't vocalize it. And when I do and have intimate conversations with friends or whatever, I don't tell them everything because I don't feel they're capable of it, but Oh, I've gone through that. Oh, I feel depressed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, depression's a new, it's, it's the new Gucci handbag. Where have you been? I'm like, why have you not said that to me as someone who's so close in your life? So I've sat there and felt like it's me by myself battling this and it's not. And even in the chefing world, there's a few chefs who I talk to and it's, it's verbatim the same thing. We're short staff with this, with that. But no one is public about it. And you know, we had one issue in late November uh, last year where I did try to end my life unsuccessfully. I had another episode in December, which was very unsuccessful. But the people that were around me are the ones that are still here. All right. And then again, it happened again in May. And, and, and that was probably the worst one because whereas before I'd reached out to people, this, this was the time when nobody, and, you know, I'll be honest, I, I slit my wrist and I took a shitload of pills. I shouldn't, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. I actually don't know why I'm still here. 
Okay, but that's how bad things were for me that I did not want to wake up the next day, and I was so intent on doing doing it and not not being you know not being told oh it's a cry for help because a cry for help was when you you tell someone this this was private you know I've still got that letter at home where I said where I've written why I've done this and you know we closed in May because of it and I got a lot of stick from a lot of people but you know what? I didn't care I really didn't care. Because for the first time in my life, I put myself first, you know. And okay, it may not be the, the best way to deal with things, but it was the only way that at that, at that time I felt I knew how to do it because I, I just, something needed to change, yeah? And something did change. And I, I also, on another level, like I lost some of the closest people in my life because of these actions. And and there's a part of me that wonders where we supposed to split. Where we supposed to split because, you know, people evolve at different rates, or they just didn't know how to handle it, or vice versa. So I get it, you know. Because sometimes when I just talk to people, people are like, "How the hell do you deal with it?" Well, I'm just talking to you. Let them not, you know, you're not living it. Um, but as I said, it didn't happen, and 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 this is where I am now. But the reason. And I've been planning actually for a while to put a video up about this, and I'm hoping actually I could I could use this. I think this would be the perfect way to do it, because what I want people to see is behind this business that there is somebody here, and not just me. There are people who work extremely long hours. In the case, sometimes grumbling about it might not be the best way to do it, but you know what? It's how we do it here. It's what makes this place different. It's the fact that you can come in and you can ask me about my day, or the fact that you know, like. I know all of the people here. I know those like married, know, know someone who's just found out they're pregnant. Um, I'm watching ch- like, children go to secondary school. I've got so many intimate relationships with all of these people. And that's something that I want to celebrate. And, and that's what makes this restaurant special. So, again, the learning curve from this is actually, this, and, I'm, and I'm now more, you'll see it a lot more in my posts, is if you don't like this place, go elsewhere. Because I'm not desperate for money, okay? Uh, not in like, oh, I'm rich or anything like that, but that's not what this restaurant is here for, all right? It's, it's, it's meant to be an open space. I want people to feel that they can be open. And, and all I want is if anyone ever sees this video or listens to it or the podcast or reads one of my posts is to feel that they're not alone, I can't save anybody. I can't help you. And I, I, I can only give you advice for my narrative and, and how you choose to interpret that is up to you. But that's all I wanted because this year, I cannot explain to you the, the depths of how alone I felt. And that, that was that, I think that was the linchpin, you know? And you know what? Even if, just hypothetically, if I had was in that position and I reached out to you I probably would have been in in a lot or felt a lot better but I didn't or you could have been like T I'm feeling this or this but I didn't we're all keeping it to ourselves and and I don't want anybody anybody to ever feel like that the same thing I've also learned is you're not my responsibility and if you're going to do it you're going to do it so but that's what that's what I would love my purpose or my gift or to come from this. 
And I think it's on here, isn't it? Continue to be selfless, but don't leave yourself at a deficit. And that's what I've been doing. I've been giving and giving and giving and giving, and actually it brought me to my knees. And now, again, not perfect. It's going to be a long journey. Remember what we said? It's, it's a process of growing and changing. But I, I, I cannot allow myself to get back there because of other people's stuff or not speaking about it, you know? And actually, now, I, now I've kind of gotten that level of understanding, I feel a lot more prepared for what's to come, you know? But it was, it was a very lonely place, and I just, I just... The thing that just frustrates me the most is on, on IG, I just get so many messages all the time is that I, I'm going through the same thing, or I'm, why is it just not that communication or that openness, you know? Hence, I try to say on Instagram, it's not always glitz and glamour in this place. Sometimes it's, even today, right now, I've got a heavy shift in front of me for the crap, which I'll probably post up about. But I want you to see that because, you know, it's not about pretending that this is something amazing. It is, but at the same time, it comes with its SHIT, you know? And, and the more real we are with that, then the more... I want... How can I explain it? Life, life, life is... It's about unlearning and unconditioning, you know. I was always taught that, you know, you're going to get old and then you get a good job and you go to school. And I did all of that and I'm not happy. So obviously it's about unlearning all of these fake expectations and realities of what it should be like and actually going with the flow. And that, 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 the long way around, now we finally got there is, is, is the key. Because not every night is busy. But I don't beat myself up about that anymore. Not every day do we have a positive cash flow. But now I've gotten rid of that expectation. I'm stopping beating myself up. Now I've let go of, okay, my floor is a little bit shabby chic. But you know what? I'm, I love it because I don't have any expectations. And, and that, that is the key for me. So Yeah. Well, Sorry, dur that? Dur during that time... Was there anything that could have possibly made a positive difference in changing your thoughts? Basically, is there anything a person could have said or done to make any difference to you in that headspace? No. I think the damage at that point was too far done. Um, as I already said, I took on way too much. And remember what we spoke about how we change as people? What I used to be able to do in my 20s, I've seen it in my 20s, but I can't do anymore. I'm tired. I, like, I've changed. So I've got to realize that actually, yeah, once upon a time I could run 10 miles. Now it's eight. I've got to understand what I'm capable of listening to myself and my body and not being so hard on myself. I think the best thing for me is I tease that sometimes I'm a bit autistic because I take things literally. But actually, I mean in the sense of people talk about meditation or doing things that work for you. I hear it all the time and I roll my eyes because I take it literally. You know, I've tried meditation, I've tried yoga, I've tried this, but actually it doesn't work because it's coming from your narrative and what works for you. What works for me is sitting here listening to Thomas Tangenjin. And do you know why? Because... That takes me to, um, it reminds me of my happy times when I used to watch it with my mum. 
that's my meditation. And I didn't realize it. So when you say meditate, now I can say, yeah, I get it. It might not be the same thing, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's finding out what works for you. So people can always give advice. And, and I don't want to slight anybody because I don't, it doesn't come from a bad place. Like, well, hopefully not anyways. But it's got to be a lesson that you understand in your own way that works for yourself. And again, be prepared for it to work one day, but you're going to change. So the next day it might not. So then you're going to have to constantly be on this learning journey. I think there is no end, you know. And I think that's another big thing, which I only learned yesterday, actually, from a conversation, is that it's this never-ending journey. So be prepared for that. You know, there is no penultimate goal. And I think once you kind of get to that level of understanding and just just being aware of it, not a perfectionist, not a master, it will get better. And, you know, okay, I'm going through some crap right now, but I'm doing the best that I can with the skills that I have. We're still moving and I'll deal with it another day and that's it. And, and having that perspective has just made it a lot easier. So, Well, you kind of touched on this already in your Instagram post where you said, since having a mental breakdown this year and ending in hospital from it, a few gave up on me and left me be. And from that, self-reliance and creating your own happiness was one of the lessons that you mentioned. And something I try to keep in mind is to have faith that you and the universe have created everything for your growth and to be grateful for it no matter what. I don't always have that faith, but reading your words reminded me of this thought that things happened, people left, you learned a lesson. In that moment, it feels terrible, you feel alone, but it's happening for your growth. Do you feel grateful for being reminded of self-reliance and the importance of creating your own happiness? I think uh, we're going to have to do podcast number three for that one because I'm not sure. I think, um, you know, there are, so, you know, there's, there's three, three people in my life who have had, well, the longest relationships by choice. You know, you know, you know you're a family of choice. And sadly, one of them, I think this is the final time that we parted. But I think as everything happens for a reason, you know, and, and by her parting, it, it's for her benefit. For, for me, it's for my benefit. Because if we stuck together, actually, we wouldn't have been forced to get on with our own crap, if that makes sense. And the same with the other person is the fact that, and this one hurts my heart the most, you know, she, I've known her since I was 13, you know, and that's the longest person who I've had in my life. And and, and I did wrong. Um, things went wrong, but I, I don't want to speak about it too much publicly anyways, but I think, what happened was both of our, both of both of our stuff. It just isn't what one would have made a person implode by themselves. Two together, it just wasn't meant to be, and there was a reason why we. I, I, I I'm hoping there's a reason why we, we clash in order for us to sort our own selves out, and this has happened before. 
where I've fallen out with friends, but it's because we're on different paths, you know, evolutionally kind of speaking, like mindset. But then we've come back together and the conversations that we weren't able to have, then we are now because we're on the same page. And some, you know, it's, it's like that. Sometimes people don't come back. Sometimes they do, but everything happens for a reason. But I think to answer your question, it's it about self-reliance. Yeah, it's, it's a, that one was a hard lesson because I would have loved those people to be around me still now. And I would never forget and devalue without them. Like I wouldn't be here without you. And I'm not talking financially. I'm talking about, you know, in the beginning, I had no help. You were driving me down to being here. We were picking up paint buckets and we were painting the shops. You know, you're still part of this story and I've never forgotten that. Don't ever forget that at all. But is it a case of, you know, your the part that you were supposed to play is, is finished. Now I, now the training rules are off. I've got, I've got to be brave and do it by myself. And it does scare me. It, 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 it really does. But at the end of the day, you are responsible for your own happiness. You are responsible for your own decisions. It's all about accountability, you know. And I speak quite a lot about something's gone wrong. Well, why has it gone wrong? Yes, there's elements of other people, but what, 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 what action did you play in that for it to go the way it did? You know, you've got to be very self-reflective of a lot of things, you know. And I think one of the biggest things now is kind of, in regards to this place, I stopped looking for validation because we're here, all right? And I have, I did it off my own back. You've obviously liked the food. You wouldn't still come. You wouldn't still come back. So, you know, it, it, it's got to come from me. If I believe the food is good, the food is good, and 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 that's pretty much it. Because if you take on board everybody else's opinion, you know, you're going to get nasty ones. And, and and if you absorb that, that will drag you down. Hence why now I'm proud of my restaurant. If you don't think it's good looking, well, I don't care. It's not your restaurant, it's mine. I'm proud of it. You know, that there are elements of, yes, sometimes don't be conceited, don't be arrogant, you know. But at the same time as well, it's got to come from you because it's your life. And also, you know, I, I think I use this expression, like, oh, about impressing people. Like, if you go out for something... Am I impressed with anybody else? I'm seeing you for 20 minutes of my life, mate, and I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> like, you know, I, if I'm going now, I want to do it for myself. Hence why, you know, I painted the restaurant for something I wanted to do, not for other customers to me. And I'm, you know, doing other things because it's what I want to do. You know, you've got to do in your life what makes you happy, you know? And I think that's a perfect time to go into these happiness lessons. So we're going to dissect the three pillars of happiness with Chef T. These pillars are explained by Arthur C. Brooks in his 100th column for The Atlantic, where he explains his biggest happiness lessons. Here's the first one. Mother Nature doesn't care if you are happy. Money, power, pleasure, and honor won't bring you happiness. 
Happiness is your responsibility. To be happy, you need to curtail your worldly appetites and instead pursue what truly brings enduring happiness, which according to him is a faith or a life philosophy, family relationships, real friendship, and meaningful work. Chef T, do you agree or disagree? Agree. Okay. Hold on. And I agree because I'm trying to find you this. Okay, so as um, I said, there's a vision board here, but um, I've got one at home. Now, I've made a list. None of this is about money, by the way. And I have a list of everything I want to do in life. And none of it is about money. Yeah, so if you can see, it says, go to New York, go to Egypt, blah, blah, blah. But some of it is as simple as go and watch shows in a Technicolor dream coat. Or go and watch Tina. Uh, go to try fondue. Nothing to do with money. Okay, these are things, because... It was a few years ago, and I went to France. They drive on the opposite side of the road, and they got hit by a car. I was like, if I died in that moment or got hit by that car, what can I say in my life that I'm happy about? Yeah? And it wasn't my degrees. It wasn't my restaurant. Well, I'll come on to the restaurant. It was minimal. And I made lists of everything I wanted to do, big, small. And I just slowly started ticking them off. You know, one of them was ride a steam train. I've never done that in my life, but now I can say that I've done it, you know? Yeah. And even in regards to the restaurant, I've made a list for it. I ticked it off. Now, why am I still moaning? It's time to enjoy it. Right. But none of it is about money. And I think particularly, and you can probably agree with me as a restaurateur, is that money comes and goes. You know, I can sit here and say, yeah, from this little corner of the shop, we've made a chunk of money, but I've also spent a chunk of money. This is the worst way to make money. <laughs> Do you understand? It really, really, really is. You know, money's superficial. It may enable you to do things, but it's not about finances. Yeah. And actually, finances are a man-made concept, so get your head around that. It's about <laughs> what works for you. But you know it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's about, it could be just as simple as spending time with someone you haven't seen in three months or something. You know what I mean? And, and these, we get so caught up in consumerism. I want a new pair of shoes. When you, like, no, do something that you're never going to get a chance to do again. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. All right. Here's the second one. Lasting happiness uh -huh. comes from habits, not hacks. Mindful daily practices strengthen your relationships, deepen your wisdom, and uncover meaning in your life. Happy feelings are evidence of happiness, which is a combination of enjoyment, satisfaction, and purpose. Improvement in these areas requires commitment and effort like anything else that is worthwhile. Chef T, what say you about mindful daily practices? I know you're not a fan of meditation. So does running or anything like, does anything like that help with happiness? We're gonna, I'm going to ask you to, can we skip to the next one? And let me of think course. from that one first. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm still the last one, happiness but is love. You can't choose how much 
love you will get, but happiness depends more on how much you give and what you give your love to matters just as much. And here's his formula. Happy people love people and use things. Unhappy people use people and love things. That formula hit me. I don't know. What do you think? See, I find it hard because I'm a person who, when I do things, I do things selflessly. So, you know, just even in regards to the restaurant, we give like free food out to the homeless. I don't publicize that or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think it depends on what... It depends on what you define as love is or what, what love is. For me, I think I see love as time because time is priceless. Yeah? yeah. And you can't buy it and it's invaluable. You know, the fact that I'm spending whether it's half an hour, an hour here talking to you, which might sound really small and I'm not trying to devalue it. That for me is... is, is that is what I respect and that is what I see as, as a form of love. Or remember what I said about my friend coming to help me with this place and decorate and stuff like that. Like at the end of the day, you did not have to give up your life or, or any part of that to drive all the way from North London to come down to South. You, you, you put me, you've made me your first. Do you understand? And that can that can be in any format, whether it's helping someone write something or clean. Do you know what I mean? Just just giving in that sense is time. So that's for me what I see as love. And I guess that can be so open to interpretation because it could be, you know, you're cooking for your children or changing their diapers or whatever, or your dinner date. But you know, you're showing actually this person means this much to me that I'm going to take time out of my life to invest into yours. Yeah? yeah. And that's what I define kind of as love. Yeah. Um, in regards to the second one, which was, sorry, I'm just looking in. Daily was, habits. Um, I don't have any. I don't, that one's a weird one for me, to be honest. I think... Basically, I think it's you're connecting more with happiness if you're doing something, spending time nah, doing something every day. No, nah, I think no. that's the worst thing to do. Disagree. All right. But that's for me. I remember right. what I said, that's for my narrative and my experience. And that's so, what we care about. Well, my background, some of it's nature, some of it's nurture, but not having a stable home and bouncing around and so on and so forth. Like there was one time, you know, I was in, uh, we call them hostels over here or bed and breakfasts. I moved 30 times in 30 days. And was still going to college. So I was living out of a bag. So, you know, I'm very unsettled as a person. Even this, this is my longest job. Like if I, this is two years. My longest job was a year and a half. So I, I'm a very bouncy person. But people have always made me feel guilty about that not having that form of stability because, you know, that's not their life. So you see, perhaps doing the same thing, the groundhog day, the routine, it might work for you. For me, when I try to do it, and again, you see, when we came up to last year, I, I, 
I also struggled around that in November because we were coming up for our first year and I was like, this is longevity for me. Like, that was also part of why I had a breakdown because I didn't know how to deal with it. And everyone else was, was just, in, in fact, almost annoying and, and being very unempathetic because for me, this was... Getting to year two is even incredibly hard, you know? I've, I've never had... I've, apart from people, I've never had anything in my life this long period. So doing the same thing again and again actually hurts for me. I find it very uncomfortable. I find it very distressing. I, I, I actually don't find it very secure. Um, so it's actually only now where I finally settled down and, 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 and believe it or not, I'm having conversations of being here longer than a couple of years or, you know, there was even talk of let's go this August, you know, no, seriously. So this is what I mean. Like I'm going through a shift right now. So I, I can't give you a definitive answer, but it, it it's not the same for everybody, you know? Yeah. I, and I think, you know, even on a personal level, like I would love I don't want children of my own. I, I absolutely don't. But I would love to adopt or be able to provide a child of a home. But I am so petrified of being able to do that because I've never seen longevity, you know, as a black person growing up in London in the 90s and stuff. And, you know, even like Woolworths is off, you know, that's disappeared off the high street. I don't like, you know, change. Things change all the time. So how can I give that to somebody else if that makes sense you know but then there's nothing wrong with that and you see when I talk about like I've done this or done this or I was showing you my list it might seem a little bit erratic but I like movement I like changing I like doing different things so having one thing consistently that always works I I for me I I don't think that works you know even Changing the menu here, we've had the same menu for about two years. This was a huge, huge thing. But I'm trying to be brave. So perhaps the next time we, well, we will meet. But then again, it's growth. And this is why I said I'm so glad you get to see this because this is, I, this is the start of a new version of me. And perhaps once I've lived it a little bit more, you'll be able to get a more defined answer. But right now I'm too naive or too too early in the game to, to, to give you an answer that's fully formed. Does that make yeah, sense? That but is... I'm aware of that as well. Well. Sorry, I feel bad that I can't give you a complete you, answer. You always give me a complete answer. I love every version of you. You need to realize that, okay? I love every version of you. And I meet you where you are now. And I love you in every version I've met so far. Now, what I do want to know, in the last month, what's giving you life and inspiration? Uh, my star. They are amazing. I've told them that of lately. Um, just having confidence in myself. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to go for it. And you know what? I have let a lot of negativity stop. Like the past six months could have been so much, not positive, but I could have enjoyed it a lot more than what I did. Yeah. But I don't have a regret because the cards fell where they may and I learned from it. 
So it's now it's now about what am I going to do? If it happens again, I get quicker out of it. And for me, it's just about enjoying what comes next. All right. And my staff are a big thing. I'm watching myself grow. Right now, you got Chef Karim. Where's Karim? Hello. You know who Karim is, right? Yes, I know from Instagram. See, I told you, Karim, you're famous. He doesn't believe me, but I'm trying not to. In fact, I'm not even going to answer that question. I want you to watch it and just see because yeah. when 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 we speak things again, I almost I almost find myself bound to them. Right. And then when you don't meet that expectation, you get frustrated or upset. And actually, I just kind of want to enjoy it and, and go more with the flow. Absolutely. A few well, things I've also. Well, I'll say this: What does your and and if you don't want to speak to that, that's fine. But what does your ideal future look like? We're talking the rest of 2022. It does not have to oh, yeah. do with your business. It could be with personally. You could say, "I want to drink more water." Like who knows? Oh hell no 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 no! I mean, I'm more wine. No joking. No. Um, okay, so I think personally. I have found some ways of meditation, which I've told you. It's listening to Thomas Anker music, and I love it. Um, so my goal is to work myself out of the business, and we are nearly there. Um, my other goal is, you know, my business and myself are intertwined. But So when I say the business, it, it, it does actually also need me. Um, I've taken some more pride in here, so we've got new flooring. Can't really see. Um, I'm also going to get a massive terrace, actually, let's show you, outside our building. Um, I've given up my second branch, so no bar, just one, and I'm going to focus on one. So we're going to get a massive seating going all the way up the hill. Wow. I think would look quite nice. Um... And on Mondays, we're going to start to use the restaurant for, like, remember what I said about having one chance? So I'm thinking to do, like, wine tasting or Caribbean tasting menus or just do things that I may never get the chance to do again. Be experimental. Like, experimental. Um, you know, that's something that I'm interested in doing. And that's what I mean, having fun. Like, yeah. these things were never in my, my head before. And now it's like suddenly the penny's dropped. You have something that's viable. You've definitely got until the end of the year to do it. Go for it. Have fun with it. And do it all before the book comes out, which is going to be in January. Wow. Well, synchronicities. So far this year, have there been any signs or synchronicities in your life that stood out to you? Can you elaborate a bit more? Well, I would say one of the signs and synchronicities is how everything happened with the break-in and Jay Rayner and TV and books and all these things. Those are, I mean, right there, a ton of signs. But anything else that, that or is that it? I mean, that's a lot <laughs> right there. Um, not yet, but I can ascertain i think probably the biggest change is just it sounds really silly it's it's cosmetic 
um, because it means I'm letting go. Mm. Like I've been very rigid and changing here, changing our menu, changing the model of what I feel comfortable with and going, trust, trusting in myself more. That for me, I think is kind of like the biggest, it, it shows that I'm confident in what I'm doing, not just as a business owner, as a person. Um, and I think, yeah, no, that's, that's it. Keep it simple. Yeah, that's a big one. Well, Flow State, I know you've been in that zone before. We've talked about it. But so far this year, has there been a favorite moment where that euphoric feeling, that sense of happiness was flowing through your body? Yes. 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 When? Um, Tell us about it. So, uh, so I'll be open and candid. So, um, so I closed my second branch, the vegan one, and I have no regrets about it. And the quick backstory is uh, when I got that shot, my original landlord died three days after I signed the lease. And I got a new one who was very horrible. But I held on and held on for as long as I could and actually let go in the end. And it was the best decision I ever made. You know, it's like Harry Potter and the Horcrux. The more you split yourself, the more, the more you turn crazy. But um, what was the question again? Sorry. When was that magical flow state oh. that you've had recently? So we were clearing it out. And that was the first time I had ever driven past my restaurant and seen it as a restaurant that I didn't own. Two years down the bloody line, I have never looked at my own restaurant. And I was like, oh my God, it looks so cute. And I came in and it was heaving with customers. But I've, you're laughing at me. I've never seen that. I've never, ever, ever, ever seen it from a customer's point of view or from a positive point of view. I've always seen the dents or the chips or or the ordering, or the back end. And to come in and walk in and see the homeliness that people feel, it's taken me two years to get to that stage. And I was like, no, I was like, for a good half an hour, like, I was almost in tears. Because I get it, you know? And now, now I get it. Like, that, that's what I want to keep on going. Mm-hmm. Um, what else happened? There was something that... There was another moment as well, but no, I, yeah, that I can't, I can't even put into words. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. But it's also sad because it took me that long to, 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 to see what you see or what, what, I, what I've drawn others here, you know? And yeah, but that was what that, that literally is the happiest way because do you know what? There's so many things that I've done. And they're all very materialistic, you know, degrees, house, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I say it like that because I don't care. For me to see, I've created a space where people, remember what I said to you, like, I've, I've had proposals in here. I've had baby showers. I've had, I've watched first dates. I, I've created, I've had people break down in my arms in here. Like, I've created the safe environment where not, not only benefits myself, it benefits others. And finally, the pennies drop, you know, that I've done that. And even the fact of, if you look at where we are, we know we're great. People travel from far and wide to come to this spot. I'm like, you know, we've, this restaurant has raised the value of the road. 
that's actually cause a few issues, but I don't care. But, you know, it's not my business. But we've now got a new neighbour coming in. It's like, it's like now the fruits of, it's the fruits of your, your labour. And I think even when we were speaking about, you know, the break-in, is again, it's like, I couldn't see it at the time, but people obviously do care about me. And it's so sad that I, at that time, had to feel it had to be said or it had to come in a certain way because when it, it happened the way it was supposed to happen, not the way that I thought it would, just it happened. And now, I, now I'm in a position where I'm open to accepting just whatever for the better, if that makes sense. Like I'm not linear like, you know, if you like a good meal, you have to tip now. If you like a good meal, you might tell somebody else, you might come back. You know, it's just, it's just having that openness and trying to be a Pisces and just go with the flow and, and just enjoy it. And, and yeah, that's why the past few weeks I've, I've loved, I've actually loved coming to work for the first time, you know? And, and that's not a, a moment, like you said, that's a, a whole process which isn't going to end. So it's that's good. That's right. Well, we are at the end. Chef T, thank you for updating us with your story. You know how we end the podcast by asking if there's any takeaway that you'd like to leave with listeners that can positively influence their lives. It could be something we just discussed, a lesson you've learned on your journey, or general life advice that you live by. Stay tuned for podcast three. <laughs> He'll be back. You know, speaking of that, let's just touch on a little bit. What can you tell us about this book? I knew he was going to say that. I forgot about the book. Uh, so it's 85, no, 75 recipes. Um, again, happened through our publicity. Um, you wouldn't know this book, but it's called, sorry, Grimm's in the back uh, cooking. It's called Ugly by Constance Briscoe. Mm-hmm. In fact, actually, um email me and I'll send you a copy because it is an amazing book. It was the first book I read as a child that got me into reading. And it's about uh, one of the UK's first black barristers. And when you read the book, it's based around South London, which is lovely because when you read it, she talks about East Street Market or Brixton or this place or this place. And you visualize it in your head. And when I'm, so I've kind of taken on that style of this cookbook because it's 75 recipes. Some, that's your quite new ones, but they're all, or every, every five or so are linked to a memory. And when I speak about the recipe or the introduction, it's to put you into that memory of me. And it's also to give you an insight into the black culture and, you know, I speak about, like, for example, like growing up back in, ni- in the 90s, you know, I had two nans. One was Jamaican, one was St. Lucian, but there'd, there'd always be these, these, like, quality street jars with pickled peppers in them, and I didn't understand why. But obviously, we, now I know that's obviously how different cultures do pepper sauce and stuff. And then, then I speak about how they taught me how to make pepper sauce, and that's what's influenced that pepper sauce recipe. Or I talk about, um, like, learning to make oxtail and stuff. And then, you know, you go to a local Brixton market. And then I talk about the different meat markets and how I met them and stuff. And so, again, you can visualize it, you know. And then 
I also speak about our culture because we work with cheap, not cheap meats, but oxtail, goat. We work with those cuts because of slavery. Because traditionally, we, we can only afford the cheapest things. So that's why traditionally we, our things take, you know, hours to cook. And, you know, even speak about the, a bit about the um, slavery. Because, you know, ackee and saltfish, which is actually the Caribbean's national dish. Ackee is not from um, Jamaica originally. And nor is jerk chicken our national dish. So there's loads of information, but it, it, it's more than just the recipe. It, it's it's about when you read it, I want you to visualize someone speaking to you about it. So you get a bit about me, a bit about our culture, if that makes sense. Um, so I've got to finish it. I've got to finish our like draft by like this week. And then goes out for press. But it's available to buy now, well, pre-order now. And it's going to be available in January. And I'm going to be like one of the three black-owned uh, cookbook writers in this country. And which what's is it an called? achievement. Uh, it's called The Sugarcane Caribbean Cookbook. But I'm, I want to change the name. I want to do something different. But um, yeah, you can buy it on Amazon. It's in Waterstones! Well, I will buy it. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. And everyone listening is really proud of you, too. Thank you. Do I seem different as a person compared to our first time? You seem like, here's the thing. For you, you look back and you say, oh, it was such a raw, like, negative. It, it impacted so many people's lives, and it was so inspiring. So I do, I love every version of you, but yes, this version is this version. Is it evolved? Is it exuding a lot of happiness? Absolutely. But the first version had that same happiness and I saw all of that as well. And so did other people. So just to let you know, you know, don't look down on any version of yourself because everyone loves every version of you. I think. Thank you. Well, well, I want you to just quickly remind people where they can follow you. Um, Sugarcane London on Instagram. Um, or it's for you. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, follow Have You Eaten Yet wherever you get your podcast.